welcome back. We haven't done a blog read in a little while, mainly because I haven't written any blogs, but here we are. We're back and this one is called Why All Clinicians Should Care About Rheumatology. So welcome back. It's a catchy title, isn't it? Clickbait? Maybe. But it's a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a while and I have a really good little article to demonstrate why. I've put my thoughts in and I hope you get your brain ticking over. As usual, please do consider, consider heading to rheumatology.physio forward slash shop to find more resources and support me continuing this harebrained project. There is a brand new rheumatoid arthritis book out on the shop. Pre-orders, I am hoping, will be ready shortly after this podcast is released, uh, which is a couple of days after I'm recording. Um, so we're looking around maybe the 25th, 26th, 27th. We might get pre-orders up ready for that. If not, look ready on there for week commencing the 29th. Um, it's in very similar vein to the osteoarthritis book. Will be available printed and ebook, and uh, really proud of that. So have ch- check that out. It goes into so much detail. Really, really uh, happy with the, how that's turned out. So as usual, please remember this blog is not a replacement of clinical reasoning. If you are unsure, get advice. Uh, you can always do that by emailing me if you fancy. Um, there is contact details on the website. Um, just go to rheumatology.physio and hit the contact button. And you'll be able to send me any questions you might have. So just to start off with a couple of key points about rheumatological conditions. One, they masquerade as common musculoskeletal conditions like back pain and tendon pain. Two, Delays to diagnosis result in worse outcome measures across pretty much every category you can think of. Three, it's 2021 and we are still struggling to get people with rheumatological conditions in front of a rheumatologist in a timely manner. So the article that I mentioned is written by Carl Gaffney, consultant rheumatologist, Raj Sengutta, also consultant rheumatologist, and Dale Webb, who um, is part of NAS. Um, I think he's the CEO of NAS, and it's titled Delayed Diagnosis in Axial Spondyloarthritis, How Can We Do Better? Um, Released this year, 2021, in July, um, and really, really interesting. Um, Just a quick read to take a couple of minutes. These three people know rather a lot about axial spondyloarthritis and its challenges. To oversimplify a summary of their article, we aren't getting better at getting AXPAR patients diagnosed than we were 10 plus years ago. And there are barriers at every stage of the person's journey. We can imagine COVID-19 has not helped in this regard. And indeed, we are seeing rheumatologists waiting lists of quite a long length. But let's zoom in briefly on the musculoskeletal therapist role in all of this. Osteopaths, chiros, physios, sports therapists, so on. We can't claim to be anywhere ahead of the curve as a cohort. We are responsible for seeing a great number of the back pain and tendon pain patients, often as the first point of contact. If not the first contact, then likely the first MSK specialist contact. We need to ensure we are considering rheumatological disorders as the cause of the attending person's symptoms. As far as I can work out, therapists around the world ensure they consider equina syndrome as a possibility in all back pain or leg pain attendees, even if only for a brief second before moving on, and I think we should have the same vigilance for rheumatological causes. As we're seeing many of these patients, clearly we are contributing to these delays. But there is also a flip side to this. We can't just have a low threshold for referral to rheumatologists. 
depending on where you sit in the patient pathway, you'll possibly need the assistance of others to get the referral or necessary investigations sorted, then obviously the rheumatologist to see them. This is a use of resources, and we need to be appropriately judicious with our use of these resources. Plus, we don't want to be over-medicalising. Social media has been rife with talking about over-diagnosis versus under-diagnosis recently. Knowing who not to refer is equally as important as knowing who to refer, or what investigations or help would be useful to make a better informed decision. If we are obtaining investigations, do we know how to interpret these with consideration to false positives, false negatives, and the context of the referring symptoms? The number of times I've seen an anti-CCP ordered for a patient with bilateral heel or back pain, or a lumbar spine x-ray for inflammatory sounding back pain. I've seen many times a referral not made despite very convincing symptoms, but negative inflammatory markers. Now, I don't want anybody to think I'm being critical of individuals here. I'm just trying to illustrate the challenges associated even when the condition is appropriately recognised. As we've already mentioned, there are barriers throughout the journey. So what I want you to think about is this. How interested are you in rheumatology? Or maybe, more accurately, where does your interest end? What would happen if you referred a patient you thought had a rheumatology issue and it got rejected? What would you do? Would you be able to recognise the correct investigations for their presentation and understand the interpretation? What would you do if you weren't sure what someone's diagnosis was? If the person came back after being diagnosed, would you know how to help them? I think if we consider not only our part within the pathway, but also how we are utilising the pathway around us, this will be a good start for most of us as we try to improve the patient's experience. The often quoted delays to diagnosis of average eight and a half years, or in the article above, the mean delay of 6.7 years, is obviously highly problematic and we need to do when we all need to care about our role in this. Please do get back to me with your thoughts. How confident are you when faced with a potential rheumatology condition and what barriers are you facing? And be honest of the internal ones as well as the external. Clearly, you can feel free to check out all of the resources on my website. There is plenty about axial spondyloarthritis as well as other rheumatology conditions and I hope that you do find them useful as well as podcasts to come. I've got lots of plans for 2022 with regards to rheumatology physio and there's going to be so much information coming out. I've got a really fun, interesting um, series of six podcasts which are going to be all about axial spinal arthritis. We're going to take a really deep dive for musculoskeletal conditions. That's going to be great and that's going to start hopefully in the new year. Plus we're going to have loads more projects as well as potentially some events planned as well. Please do keep up to date with the website keep checking in seeing what's new subscribe to the podcast hit a review if you have the time to and your app allows it does really help me out so thank you very much hopefully see you on the next blog read and now we're back face to face some face to face courses as well bye for now